0: For you, the listeners of JavaScript Jabber, Loot Crate is offering an opportunity to save 10% on any new subscription at lootcrate.com. Just enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Loot Crate is one of my favorite things. Every month I get a box in the mail, costs less than $20, and it comes with all kinds of goodies. I have stuff from just looking at my shelf, Batman, Spider-Man, Ninja Turtles, Back to the Future, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars and much much more. So if you're a geek, a gamer, anything like that and you want cool stuff to put around your office, cool t-shirts, comic books, etc, then definitely check out Loot Crate. To save 10% on your new subscription, go to lootcrate.com/ruby. Again, that's lootcrate.com/ruby to save 10% on any new subscription. Enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings.
1: Hey everybody, and welcome to another JavaScript Jabber uh, this week. Uh, we're still live at Microsoft Connect, and I'm talking to Kirill. I'm not brave enough to try and say your last name, so I'll let you go ahead and introduce it's yourself.
2: Kirill I work on Azure Cosmos DB.
1: Awesome. Now, are you? Uh, I, I, it seems like sometimes we get developers, and sometimes we get like project managers. Where, where, where do you fall uh, on that? I'm
2: a dev manager. One of the one of the dev managers on Cosmos.
1: DB. Okay. Cool. And I did some looking at Cosmos DB because I was, I don't remember who I was talking to, but they mentioned that they were using it as a graph database and I'd had it in my head. I was like, I thought it was a document database. And it turns out it does all those things. (laughs) So do you you want to kind of explain what it is?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's the quick, uh, the key things about Cosmos database uh, is it's, um, Fully managed, Mm -hmm. right? You don't need to worry about CPUs, et cetera. You just tell us what throughput we need. Okay. Uh, It's globally distributed.
1: Right, in the Microsoft data centers.
2: Everywhere, wherever Azure is. Mm -hmm. um, So so the the nice thing is that you can bring your data anywhere where your users are. Right. You can be, for example, Azure portal is a great example. It's a website. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a website that is used all over the world. Right. Uh, It's a website that uses Cosmos DB. Distributed across, um, I think, twenty six to twenty four regions in the public cloud. Wow! Um, and as worldwide websites do, it has some interesting failover policies. For example, it mm-hmm. uh, it goes around the clock with rights, so it, it writes to the region where the sun is, uh, because that's where the most traffic is. Right. Uh, so you can you can be pretty creative. Um, Cosmos DB is a multimodal database, as you observed. Uh-huh. Um, it's, uh, it has a core data model where we map everything to,
3: and yeah. that is
2: JSON plus um, plus data model. But it takes graphs, um, it takes MongoDB for documents, it takes uh, key value pairs, um, mm-hmm. it takes uh, white column families, we just added Cassandra API.
3: Right.
1: Yeah, which is also pretty exciting.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. We're very like with Cassandra. We've Cassandra is very well known for its scale uh-huh. uh, and for its uh, it's an awesome open source database. And with Cosmos DB, ability to bring you, uh, which Cassandra is not known for simplicity. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so bringing you a fully managed service where you don't need to worry about tuning config, adding mm-hmm. nodes, building cluster, replicating clusters. Right. Um, that can take your data anywhere, but offers you familiar API that uh-huh. you like and gives you guaranteed performance, <clears throat> guaranteed latency characteristics, which you care about as a Cassandra right. developer. Likely you chose Cassandra mm-hmm. for a reason. Yeah. Um, that's very exciting for us.
1: Yeah, as a person who has tried to set up Cassandra several times over the years, I can tell you that, yeah, not having to manage all that stuff because <laughs> it's 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 a whole different knowledge set than hey, I'm going to write some code and I'm going to yeah. talk to the database. So, yeah, it, it and it makes sense too. I mean, you've got like you said, you've got the key value pairs. You've got the so if you want to do like Redis type stuff or yep, Memcache yep, type of tool, stuff, yeah. you've got the document store, which is pretty popular in the JavaScript world. We're finding, um, you know, with the uh, MongoDB type yep. stuff yep. and. I don't remember what Cosmos DB was called before, but it specifically. It was document DB, yes. Document it, was, it
2: started as a document database. Right. Uh, we quickly realized that there is a lot more that we can do to help. Yeah. Um, and that's the other point that we've uh, always strived for is that we do not claim to be the masters of the API. Right. MongoDB API is a great API, it's so flexible. Mm-hmm. People like it. Uh, well, there so are
1: libraries we, that are already written for it too, yeah, so.
2: Exactly. So we just take it and yeah. implement it as a protocol level, so people can take advantage of all those drivers. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, I want to roll this into Azure. Boom. Yeah. And, and that's nice. You know, oh, I don't have to manage my MongoDB server on my that's Linux server anymore. Nice. Or, you know, I don't have to have 10 different services, one for my database and one for my authentication and one for this and one for that, which is one of the nice things about Azure in the first place. It's all in one place. You can set it all up, and yeah, if you're already using Mongo, you can just roll it in, which is really, really nice. Yep.
2: Um, the other benefits we've had is the, we were able to learn from others. Right? Cause uh-huh. Systems like Cassandra and Mongo have been out there yep. um, since the inception of NoSQL Moment, and uh, learning from their successes and mistakes is mm-hmm. very um, uh, good and uh, educational. Uh, so we were we didn't have to reinvent right. a lot of things. There were a lot of um, Learnings and we can because we could, we could offer to customers in a way that makes it very scenario oriented. Like, let's take consistency, mm-hmm. something that not that many people like to think about. Um, and if you tried Cassandra, like you quickly discover there's about 15 ops of controlling consistency. Mm-hmm. Now, for a person who probably have not even thought about consistency to begin with, learning 15 ops and how they interact, what do they right. do, it's daunting. Mm-hmm. Um, so we offer you a scenario based you know, practical five uh, choices right. with a clear trade-off, consistency versus performance. Um, so that's like, you know, it's good to be able to learn from these things as we implement these APIs and right. offer you something that actually makes sense and easier to digest and uh, mm-hmm. improve where we can improve.
1: Right. Now one of the things that I, I think I had in my head, I've talked to a lot of people about Azure over the last year and a half, and you know I don't have it in my head anymore, but I know this is a conception that people have: is that, oh well, if I put it in Azure, that's Microsoft and it's expensive. So you know what 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 kind of pricing models do you have for this? Is it all based on throughput, or is it database size, or what what are we looking at here?
2: Um, it's throughput. So because it's a system that offers you uh, independent scale on throughput and data size, mm-hmm. um, you pay for throughput you provision. And you can provision the throughputs uh, with API call or with UI in the portal, right. um, and you can change it up and down. That's mm-hmm. a nice thing compared to VMs, which take time to deprovision, provision right. and tune the config. Uh, with DB, it's one API call, and you can go from you know like 5,000 requests per second to 10 million requests per second and back, right? depending on when you need. Mm-hmm. And you pay only for the throughputs that you provision on that hour. It's hourly okay. based. Um So you don't have to you know, provision and pay a um, lot of money when you don't need Right, um, uh, you pay for storage. It's uh, cheap, and you pay as you go. Like for, right, if there's some price for a gigabyte. Yeah, it's uh, it's similar
1: metering to yeah. AWS yes, or Google yeah, Cloud Platform yeah. yes, or whatever. Right. Yep.
2: Yeah. Um, yes, the um, throughput provision systems that allow provisions throughput. Uh, there is always a concern. Okay, if I if I forget about it, it can run up the bill. Yeah. Um, so we offer you a very easy way to scale up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, you can write a function that will just monitor your metrics, and right. monitor your API rate, and scale up and down.
1: Um, oh, that makes sense.
2: And eventually, we'll offer you kind of automated auto scale systems that w- mm-hmm. that can do. It just it's uh, it really depends on what you want, how mm-hmm. aggressive you want the auto right. scale to be. Um, so right now we give it we give you the tools and you do it. Um, eventually, we'll probably codify some turnkey patterns and the right.
1: scale. So, one one other thing that I'm looking at with this is, you know, with key value pairs or document databases, I mean, there are a lot of different paradigms and you said there's a core data model behind it. So, does that mean that I can switch between the different um, paradigms or are they all kind of thought about differently?
2: You can switch where it makes sense. Right. It doesn't make a lot of sense to switch, let's say, from MongoDB to Azure Table API. There's probably not a lot of scenarios for you that, that require you to do that. But it does make sense to add edges to mm-hmm. your documents and yep. start treating them as vertexes. Right. And that's a scenario you can easily do. Um, it does make sense if you move, let's say your Cassandra implementation and later on, well, I really want a bit richer data model. Mm-hmm. You can enrich it. So you can switch. Right. So yes, you can switch, uh, It's um, it uh, works, for scenarios where it makes sense, mm-hmm. um, I would not claim that, yes, you can go from anywhere to anywhere on the same right. data and it just magically appears uh, nice and tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, that's not what most, most people need. Either. Right. Um, you can start from any entry point. Um, Under the colors, it, it's the same core data model that we Gotcha. Got.
1: Huh. So, well, I mean, how do you decide what goes into this? Because it seems like an everything database. I mean, you're probably not going to use it that way, but.
2: Yeah, I think really what we are about is, you can come to us from any data point, from any Mm -hmm. entry point. Usually, folks choose Cosmos DB when they have a problem. Mm -hmm. I don't just wake up one day and say, I'm not going to use SQL, I'm going to use Cosmos DB for my my catalog. But once I have a problem, okay, I probably Mm -hmm. need to um, move to a NoSQL database. Or maybe I already have MongoDB and it's hard to manage. Uh-huh. I have Cassandra and I'm spending a lot of <coughs> develop cycles on managing, and that's when I move.
1: Right.
3: Uh,
2: hence, we offer you a multi model approach because you can come with,
1: you come anything, with, whatever, with whatever, and, whatever you're yeah.
2: using and you can now take advantage of the core capabilities. We mm-hmm. are, our role is to offer you that fully managed, globally distributed right. uh, guarantees on throughput, latency, and mm-hmm. consistency. That's what we are known for. Um, you come with the API you love, uh, and we yeah. love you back. Um, the uh,
1: What does the migration path look like then? So let's say I have a PostgreSQL or a MongoDB or something.
2: Um, it's, uh, there are two parts to it. There is, I mean, migration of the app is connection string. Mm-hmm. Just change the connection string, now you're pointing, your, app, your driver doesn't even know that it's pointing to Cosmos DB. Uh, right. Migrating no, data. Yeah, data. Yeah, migrating data. Uh, <coughs> there are various ways of migrating the data snapshots over and mm-hmm. uh, there are lots of tools within Mongo ecosystem to migrate data between Mongo databases.
1: Oh yeah, I guess yeah. that's true if you, if you have say, the you full Mongo API, yeah. Expert, yeah.
2: So they, they continue to work, you can use mm-hmm. it. Uh, real-time data gets interesting, so that's something that we are very kind of, passionate about. We don't have a turnkey solution for it, so right now you have to basically write a um, sort of uh, you can write a function. Yeah, you, you play the Google. dual write yes. game for yeah, a while until, okay, use that. Yeah. it dual write or you listen on an op-log,
3: uh-huh. And you write
2: into right. Cosmos DB, and it becomes your non-voting replica, and eventually you can fail over. Right. Um, so it, there are strategies. Um, um, it makes sense to make it easier. Mm-hmm. That's one. Uh, data migration is one of the uh, areas that we want to invest more. Right. In um, we announced data migration service, right? uh, so mm-hmm. uh, and there's lots of databases we can do it with. Um, yeah, and it depends on, Can every API comes with its own ecosystem of tools, and those right. tools work because we support it as a protocol level.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This episode is sponsored by Linode. Linode is offering listeners of this podcast a $20 credit, which is good for four free months at their lowest plan. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for $5 a month. You can get your servers in any of their 10 data centers, and their high memory plans start at 16 gigabytes. Get a server running in under a minute. They do hourly billing with a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups, node balancers, long view, etc., VMs for full control, running Docker containers, encrypted disks, VPNs, etc. You can run a private Git server. They provide native SSD storage, 200 gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors. They have 24-7 friendly support, even on holidays, and a 7-day money-back guaranteed. So go check them out at linode.com slash javascriptjabber. Makes sense.
1: That's really interesting, too. Um... Now, do these databases take like large blobs of data? Because I've seen people store like images in databases and stuff.
2: Right. Um, we offer two, few, um, a couple solutions for large data. Um, you can use our attachments uh-huh. for binary, because it doesn't make sense to just store really right. large image as a mm-hmm. as a as a document like record. You're, abu- you're abusing the system. You can uh, chunk your data always, and uh-huh. because we reliably. Guarantee you kind of the the consistency levels that you like. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can take you know your Mona Lisa image, chunk it up, and we'll make sure that you can reassemble it at any time, and it's going to be in order. It's going to be um, and nothing is, n- nothing gets lost. Uh, so there are a variety of approaches. Um, mm-hmm. I actually prefer chunking. Usually I recommend when it's right. really, really care about it's really large data but you care about uh, performance and you care about the global distribution. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more accurate if you do it uh, by chunking and storing as right. uh, documents or entries or, mm-hmm. uh, or rows, as opposed to storing it as an attachment. Right. Um, you get a lot more correctness out of the system.
1: Huh? That's good to know. Why is that?
2: Um, Well, for example, let's say we're doing you want a particular level of consistency, let's say session consistent. Mm -hmm.
3: um,
2: People choose on the spectrum between eventual consistency and strong. Right. right? Um, Now, let's say you want, let's say strong consistency. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're you're talking about attachments, um, we're storing them on blob storage, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a different system. Right. that blob storage does not have the same level of replication that Cosmos DB has, mm-hmm. right. um, So it's just it's not. Can I, it, Azure Blobs do have replication, but it's more of a for DR right. purposes. Right. So you don't get the same. You may end up having a record in the, your rep, in your replica, in your read region somewhere, mm-hmm. and the blob hasn't traveled there yet. Right. Right. Um, so you may get into those scenarios. If you chunk it up and you store it in our database. Then you are guaranteed, like you picked session, and then anyone with a session token will always get the rights that you need, right? But you pay only for the cost of eventual consistency. Okay, you pick strong, you're guaranteed that anyone will get your rights immediately as they're committed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter how large your image is, it's trying right. to do into pieces. That makes sense. So, what, what kinds
1: of use cases are you? envisioning people using Cosmos DB for?
2: Um, NoSQL systems in general, uh, and Cosmos DB in particular, are usually used when uh, people run into a problem. And these problems could be high throughput. These problems could be large volumes of data. These problems could be large variability. Uh, There's no (laughs) schema. Um, Right. That's when kind of traditional RDBMS systems become challenging and people looking for solutions. Mm -hmm. Um, Cosmos DB uh, is great at all... uh, for all of those. Um, And it comes with additional bells and whistles like global distribution, uh, guarantees on throughput, um, Mm -hmm. latency. What we see is a lot of real-time data scenarios, uh, real-time experiences, um, real-time data, um, IoT, Mm dynamics, of course. Uh, We see a lot of kind of event driven Application patterns, right? Uh, you treat you use Cosmos DB as an event store. Uh-huh. Um, actually, most retailers need it in one way or the other. Uh-huh. And the architecture typically, you have an event store, and the events coming in, and then you have a bunch of microservices that are processing those events. Right. Um, very common pattern um, with Cosmos DB, and uh, and Cosmos DB comes as a highly scalable, uh, queryable, real-time queryable mm-hmm. uh, event store. So that's uh, that's nice. Um, lots of uh, Traditional NoSQL system needs the catalogs, where the schema varies, mm-hmm. um, and just like storing semi-structured data that, right. that works pretty well. Um, engagement scenarios, um, whereas the real-time and kind of context, but like the apps that needs context-aware behaviors. Right. Um, and Cosmos DB latency, uh, I'm saying, no need to the lack of need to specify schema as well as say the speed that it gives mm-hmm. you um, that helps it um, also would be probably the most common patterns obviously messaging the tradi- yeah. traditional equal uh, scenarios apply as well
1: right and then you mentioned that it uses the mongodB API and the Cassandra API what other apis does it support
2: it offers um, <laughs> for documents data models it offers uh, SQL API mm-hmm. we kind of vary we have a variant of SQL that works with for documents okay or mongodB API uh, for graphs it uses a gremlin API okay uh, which is Apache gremlin uh, uh-huh. project uh, for white column stores it offers Cassandra API mm-hmm. um, key value pairs it offers you can choose either Cassandra or Azure table storage um, I think that's uh, but you can use Spark with a sort of more of a mm-hmm. uh, side system. Yeah.
1: Very cool. Now, if people want to try it out, is this something that only exists in the Cloud?
2: Uh, we have an emulator that you can run locally. Okay. Uh, we also important for, for trying out, we have a no commitment, no subscription required uh, seven-day. Um, you can just go to our website, mm-hmm. in with your live ID and get your Cosmos DB fully featured for seven days. No right. need for credit card, no need for uh, subscription. And we have a traditional one-year-long Azure uh, mm-hmm. free tier with included amounts for Cosmos DB.
1: Yeah, I, I think they said that in the keynote yesterday that it's like you get $200 credit in the trial and then you get like a free Linux machine, a free Windows machine, and a free... Cosmos data. DB yeah.
2: for some, some amount, yeah. yeah. For a year, yeah very nice deal.
1: Yeah, so, I mean... You have plenty of time to kind of kick the tires. Yes, yes. Yep. And then if you have to scale beyond that, then, you know, you do. But, yeah, that, then that's... you probably
2: have a reason to do it.
1: Right. Yep. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that I'm finding, you know, because I've, I've kind of gone... Uh, I spend about half of my time doing development and the other half of my time doing business stuff. And most of my development stuff is for my business stuff. But if I can work things out so that I don't have to spend as much time pulling things together, like I've gotten really, really bullish on picking up services that do what I need instead of writing the code myself if I can. And, and so this just looks nice because it's, okay, I don't have to spin up a, a, an Ubuntu Linux machine, install MongoDB on it, hope I hardened it well enough, um, manage it so that it's getting updates or at least security updates on a regular basis. You know, all of that goes away and it's just oh well I'll just pay Microsoft to manage my database for me and all I have to do is make sure that data goes in the right way and comes out the right way
2: and until you're really using it for business you don't even have to pay yeah uh, because there is there is enough free yep. tier for you to try things out
1: yeah well and even then I mean you know if I have a handful of beta users I probably still may not push it over that right. so yeah so it's exciting stuff and and I've seriously been thinking after Seeing some of the um demos and stuff about yeah about moving some of my stuff to Azure.
2: it's um, uh, it's very like the um, now we are at the point where they brought the applicability is so broad
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and yet the um the system is so tuned pretty much every Microsoft product uses this now right um so lots of there's uh lots of enterprise customers have mm-hmm. their business bet on it mm-hmm. um yeah, it's,
1: um, yeah, but even it's for me, that's use. kind of a small business. I mean, it's like, oh, okay, so I can write my code and say, okay, make it into a Docker container and push it up. Yeah. Uh, point it at a Cosmos DB. Um, you know, there are all kinds of other tools that are built in. Um, I could manage conceivably. I don't know if I want to go this far, but I could even move my Git repos to Visual Studio Team Services and use all those tools to manage the whole project. And everything just kind of lives in one place which makes life easy yeah. for me.
2: Or you don't have to if you yeah. want.
1: To. Yeah. Yeah, and any of those pieces that I just mentioned, you know, I can keep it on GitHub or GitLab or you know, I can find some other Kubernetes setup and push Docker up there or whatever, but Yep. Anyway, really cool. Um is there anything else that people should know about Cosmos DB? I mean it at first I was like, oh, it does all these things. It sounds kind of complicated, but it seems pretty simple on the face of it. It's just how do you want to think about your data?
2: It is, yes, and it's really, um, you don't have to think think and learn about all those APIs, right? Right. Like if you have a Mongo database and you are tired of managing it, mm-hmm. um, or you want to or you have really lots of data, uh, or you need large, large mm-hmm. throughput, um, you can save a lot of time for yourself and money by mm-hmm. moving it over to Cosmos DB, and you don't need to not learn about anything else. It's no, just you just migrate
1: you. your data in, you, migrate, yeah. you tell Mongoose, because this is a JavaScript podcast, you tell Mongoose to look exactly. over there instead of over here. Exactly, yeah.
2: exactly. Um, so yeah, it's not, um, the multimodal approach is not too complicated. The multimodal modal approach is to mm-hmm. speak your language. Right. Um, you don't have to worry about others. Yep. Until the time when you believe that you need to.
1: Yeah, one other thing that does come to mind is, if i'm working on my own product and i want to periodically i don't know replicate the production database so that i can run information, you know run reports or run tests or do staging on you know a, s- a different setup yeah. is that pretty easy with cosmos db yeah
2: it's pretty straightforward so we have just like many of the uh, systems we offer you change log uh, mm-hmm. uh change feed Uh, as you can listen and you can uh, create your own. uh, So you just set up replication, not too much. You Obviously, we are distributed database, so you can have your read read replicas everywhere, so you Mm -hmm. can take a snapshot of it and work with it. Right. Um, So there are are many different options
3: for you to work with it. Super
1: cool. Uh, So the one last segment that we do for the shows is picks. And essentially what it is is just a shout-out to whatever you've been enjoying lately. So, I mean, it could be anything from TV shows to technical tools to, you know, programming things to, gee, there's this other wicked awesome database that we want to add to Cosmos DB or anything like that. Um, Do you have two or three things that you just kind of want to shout-out? Hey, I've really been enjoying this.
0: Do you run your own freelance business? Or maybe you're thinking about picking up some business on the side. Well, then you need FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the quickest and easiest way to get invoices out to your clients. It's easy to use. It works anywhere, available from any device, uh, on the desktop, iPhone, iPad, Android, and all of your data is backed up and secure. And it makes it really easy to get organized and get paid. You'll be tracking time, logging expenses, and invoicing your clients in no time. You can also save time billing, freeing up several days per month, and enter Dev Chat in the How did you hear about us section.
2: Well, I really loved the uh, the key the uh, the demos that uh, Chris did at keynote with shared mm-hmm. debugging and VS Code.
1: Yeah, we I talked to Chris yesterday.
2: Really awesome. Yeah, and like I, I was like, oh man, okay, Chris, you better come to our, our team and demo it again. Uh, yeah, I was, I was I was
1: grinning and going. I've wanted this for so long. Yeah,
2: yeah it just, it's just one of those things that you don't think about it, but like now that you, oh, yeah, you could have yeah. done that. Oh, I didn't have to go and explain over I am uh, to someone. No, don't click there, yeah. don't click here. No, 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 next line, no, next line. Yeah. Uh, like says the share debugging, was always yep. such a pain. Um, yeah,
1: you highlight yes. it. I'm, I'm looking at this bit of code. <laughs> yeah,
2: said so like, oh, which one? No, no, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, this is, uh, yeah, it, it, it blew my mind.
1: Yeah, cool. Um, I'm going to jump in here with one pick and this is something that has been really, really handy, especially since I've been here in New York. Um, I'm always looking for better ways to work outside of my office um, just because sometimes I just need to change a pace or something, right? So I'll go to Denny's or something where they have plugs under the table and Wi-Fi. And, um, you know, I I like working on my laptop. I have a brand new MacBook Pro. Um, But uh, one of the things that I was just like, you know what? If I'm sitting in a booth by myself, it's nice to have another monitor. And I found on Amazon, it's USB powered and um, driven monitor for like, I think it was like a 100 bucks. And it's an AOC monitor. And so yeah, um, I had to install the driver, but that was it. And then when I go and set up, all I have to do is plug the USB into the dongle. That's the one thing I hate about the new MacBook Pro is it's yeah, all USB-C, yeah. Thunderbolt 3. Um, but I, I just plug that into the dongle, and it powers and drives the monitor. So that's Very it. Nice. And it has a little kickstand thing on the back. So I just set them up side by side. And I've got dual monitors when I'm working away from home. So Very
2: nice. it's amazing how low voltage they became. right?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm just imagining where things go from here. But
2: yeah.
1: it's not awesome. it's not incredibly high resolution, but it's good enough.
2: Nice. So. Nice, nice. So you can, you can have multi-monitor setup right in
1: Denny's. Yep, okay, nice. yep. So I'll probably set it up right out here when I'm done and get some work done between recordings. So yeah, um, I'll put a link to it in the show notes, folks, but yeah. Uh, thanks again, Kirill. Um, Thank if you. people want to follow you, say, on GitHub or Twitter or yeah, maybe have yeah, a blog yeah. or anything like that. Yeah,
2: yeah, Kirill GMSFT on Twitter. Um, you can find us, we, we blog as a team, so we have mm-hmm. a team blog on, on Azure, Azure blogs, and um, yeah, we excited to share always what we have.
1: Awesome, well, thank you again for uh, coming and talking to us live. Um, this room's not as echoey as the one yesterday, so we'll, awesome. we'll sound better, but yeah. Great, um, great to be here. All right, well, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, and we will uh, probably have another interview from
0: Connect next week.